All right, take your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 7. If you need a handout, Pastor Yeomans is in the back there. If you'd like to take some notes, you're welcome to do that. Kids can take notes if you want to. 2 Kings chapter 7. All right. How many would be honest this morning, this afternoon, I guess? I always want to say this morning. This afternoon, how many of you used to be afraid of the dark? At one point in your life, you were afraid of the dark, all right? How many still are afraid of the dark? That's okay. That's all right. No problem. It's okay. All right. Uh, that's a normal thing, one of the normal things to be afraid of. It, we're hesitant to move forward in darkness because we can't see and we can't know. It's hard to make moves in the dark because you can't uh, tell what is going to happen. And so there are periods in our life where we feel like we're in darkness. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Not physical darkness, but maybe unsure what's going on. Times of darkness, times of discouragement, times where you can't see what's going on. And uh, over the next few weeks, I'm going to preach through some Bible stories uh, that show us that God works in the dark. We're going to call the series, When God Works. And so I want you to know that when you can't see, God's at work. And when you don't know what's going to happen, God's at work. And when you feel like you're far from God, God's at work. That's, that's the thing. God works in the dark. In fact, today we're going to narrow it down even a little bit more. We're going to look at this story. We're going to see that uh, God works at twilight. Lessons learned at twilight. Look at this passage here in 2 Kings chapter 7 in just a minute. I want to do some Bible stories so our kids will listen and understand some of the good Bible stories uh, and, learn, and learn truth. See, Bible stories were written, especially the Bible says the Old Testament is our example or our example that we can learn thereby, right? There's lessons to be learned from Bible stories. And so I hope that through these lessons on Sunday afternoon that we'll learn from Old Testament and New Testament Bible stories about when God is at work, even when we're in darkness, right? So this story in 2 Kings chapter 7 that we'll read in just a minute is based in the city of Samaria, all right? So Samaria was the capital city of the northern kingdom. So we understand that Israel was a big nation, and they had the king Saul and David and Solomon. After Solomon's death, that kingdom was divided, and we had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom was Judah, and the northern kingdom was called Israel. And the, the capital, of, what's the capital of the southern kingdom of Judah? The main city in Judah was Jerusalem, all right? So that was the capital. The capital city in the northern kingdom was Samaria, that's what we're talking about. So it's the capital city of the northern kingdom, and this is where this story is set in 2 Kings chapter 7. And here at this time, it's unusual times in the city of Samaria. So things have been going along and, and life had been lived, but the Syrians, the enemies of the Israelites, had come in and had surrounded the city. And because of that, the Syrians uh, are causing a great famine in the city. Food is scarce. And really, if you read the story, I won't go back before this in chapter six, 5 and 6, very desperate times. I mean, very strange times in the city of Samaria because the Syrians. So get this picture. Over here, we have the city of Samaria, right? So everybody with me, kids, look up here. City of Samaria. So over here on this side of the stage is what? Samaria. You got it? Say it one more time. Samaria. This is what we do on Wednesday night, right? Samaria is over here. So then over here on this side, we have the army of Syria. All right? So Samaria is over there. Here we have Syria. Ready? 
Syria. Okay, over here. I just want to make sure you stay awake, all right? That's good, all right? So we got those two places. So get that picture. There are two uh, enemies, two opposing sides. And, and here we have this divide between Samaria and the Syrian army. But the verses we're going to look at today don't even deal with Samaria so much and don't even deal with the Syrians so much. But on the outskirts of Samaria... Before you get to the army of the Syrians, there's this, the outskirt. There's some people hanging out here in the outskirts of the city. And that's what we're going to talk about today here in, this, uh, in this, these verses. So let me pray real quick and we'll jump into the Bible. Father, help us today to look at this Old Testament story that you have given to us on purpose. And Father, I pray that the truth that we pull out today would both be encouraging and convicting. Father, I believe in this story there are some things that should encourage us every day as we maybe go through times of darkness and discouragement in our life to know that you're at work, even those times that we can't see it. But I believe there's some lessons to be learned here that should challenge us and convict us to move forward with our life. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So 2 Kings chapter 7 will begin in verse number 3. The Bible says, And there are four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come, and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. All right, so here's the setting. Over here we have Samaria. Over here we have the... And right here in the middle we have the lepers. All right, so here in the middle we have the lepers. Okay, so the lepers are sitting here and they think, if we go here to the city of Samaria, we're going to die. What's the use? Why go to a city where there's going to be no food? Like, we have no food here. If we go back and see our family and friends, and we're not supposed to be there anyway because we're lepers, we have this disease that can't be healed, and we're outcasts of our society. If we go back to Samaria, we're going to die. If we stay here, we're going to die. <laughs> not very good. If we go to see over here, over here we have the... Okay, man, you guys are you're so smart. Syrians, all right? And over, if you go see the Syrians, what's going to happen? Well, we'll probably die. <laughs> They're our enemies. Like, we're lepers. They're not going to want leprosy in their camp. I can't imagine that's going to be good. Oh, hey, great, guys. Hey, everybody, we got four leopards coming to join us. That's not going to be a big uh, welcoming committee there. So if we go see the Syrians, we'll probably die. But he said, hey, we might not. There's a chance. A small chance that if we go see the enemy, they might actually take care of us. So here are these four lepers in the outskirts of the city come to the, have this little conversation among themselves, and they decide that they, if they sit here, they're going to die. If they go into town, they're going to die. And if they go to the Syrians, they're probably going to die. <laughs> right? So in this story, I want you to notice there, I think it says in verse number, number 5, and they rose up in the twilight. If someone talking about lessons learned at twilight. So here, no, get the picture here. Twilight is a time when the sun is either rising or setting. So here we see from the story, it's when it's setting. So it's getting darker and darker. 
And so as the sky is getting darker and darker, uh, their situation is getting more desperate and more desperate and more desperate. And same thing with us sometimes as we look at life situations, the things that seem to get darker and darker, and one thing comes upon another thing, and we don't know what direction, what to do. Here these guys are in a very desperate situation. And really, they have no good option, right? So if you're... So let's play pastor for a while. You're in your office, four, four guys come in. They have leprosy. They're dying. You say, hey, if we go here, we're going to die. If we stay here, we're going to die. If we're going to go there, we're probably going to die. Give me some advice, pastor. What should we do? That's not a very, there's no real great option there and say, oh, I think you should, you know, this is, this is my great wisdom that I'll give you to help you. There's no great option. Have you ever felt that way in your life where you feel like, no what or what? Uh, how, how do we say it? Uh, we're dogged if we do and dogged if we don't. I don't even know what that means, but we say that, right? We're, it's not, there's really no good option here. Sometimes we feel that way in life that I don't know what to do, and really all my options, I don't like option A, B, or C. None of them are really good. And so that's what these guys find themselves. But I want you to understand that while they're strategizing, while they're figuring things out, while they're discussing the matter, God is working. And so sometimes in our confusion, while we're trying to figure things out, I don't know which way to go, option A is not good, option B is not good, and option C is barely any good, that even in our times of confusion, God is still working. Look at verse 5. We'll start there. And the Bible says, And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians, and they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria. Behold, there was no man there. So they come to the camp. Nobody's there. For the Lord, look at verse number 6. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight. Do you notice when they fled? What time did they flee? In the twilight. So the same time that the guys are sitting around thinking, what should we do, what should we do, what should we do, God's already taking care of the problem. He's already working. At the same time, at the same night, at the same day, these two things, God is working while the men are confused. To me, that's encouraging because I have times of confusion. Maybe you're different than I, but I have times of confusion. I have times where I literally don't know what I'm supposed to do other than get up and go to work and, and read my Bible and pray and try to be like Jesus Christ. There's a lot of decisions I need to make. I don't know what to do. But encouraging to me is that when I'm maybe in that state of confusion and trying to figure out the best situation, at the very same time, my God is working. And God works in the twilight hours. And so here they see, look at verse number 7, Wherefore they rose and fled in twilight, and they left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried them silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered another tent and carried this also and went and hid it. So they walk into this camp where they're thinking, well, we go to Samaria, we're going to die. We stay here, we're going to die. We're going to Syrians, we're probably going to die, but let's give it a shot. And they walk in, there's nobody around, and they go from tent. I mean, this is, this is the all-you-can-eat buffet, tent to tent to tent. And they're not, they're not even thinking of just like 
today. They're thinking they're, they're investing for the future. Let's get some silver and gold and go bury it somewhere and come back to the next tent and we'll go to the next tent, eat some more, get some more stuff and go bury that. And they did that at least two times. We see that they do that as they see that God has provided. And they don't know what's happened. They just know there's nobody there. <laughs> but God worked at twilight. And so while all this is going on, while they're enjoying the blessings of God, I want you to see this last verse here in verse number 9. We see they come to this great realization. Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. He came to this conclusion. Hey, boys, we're not doing right. We're not doing well. God has, something's happened here. We have all the food that we need. God has done a miracle. We thought we were going to die. We're not going to die. We're going to live for day after day after day. God has done a miracle, and we're not doing right here because we hold our peace, because we're keeping it to ourselves. So a couple of things to think about here as we learn lessons at twilight. Number one, we do not well if we sit still. We don't do right if we just sit still. The story is, this story is not even in the Bible. If the four lepers sit there and think, well, if we go to Samaria, we're going to die. And if we go to Syria, we're going to die. We might as well just sit here and die. We're not reading the story. It's not in the Bible. There's no lesson to be learned there. But the lesson to be learned there is this. This is a call to action. It's a call to action. If we gather Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and sit in, in padded chairs and enjoy this preaching and don't do anything about it, we do not well. We do not well if we sit still. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I was just talking to one of our men today about how COVID has changed the mentality of workers. They can't get workers to man jobs. There are people, and it seems like every place you go, uh, there's back orders and this and that. And is it really because of COVID or have we lost the desire to work? Like, is it just our excuse? But, and we sit here and think, yeah, that's right. We're, all of you are nodding your heads. Yeah, I know. That's the way it was when I went to this store and that store. But listen to me. How about the church of God? How about the church of God? Have we, got, have we gotten that mentality like, oh yeah, before COVID we were so busy, but now, I mean, maybe we need to sit, think about this. We do not well if we sit still. What are we doing with the blessing that God has given us? These men sat there and said, hey, we do not well if we sit still. It's a call to action. And we're called to action today. And we do not well if we just ignore the call to action. All right, number one, we do not well if we sit still. Number two, we do not well if we hold our peace. That's what he said. Look at verse number nine again. This is the day, it said one to another, we do not well. This is the day of good times and we hold our peace. We, we can't keep this to ourselves. We can't just sit and enjoy the blessings of God and go from tent to tent to tent to tent and enjoy it and bury and gather and silver and gold and just enjoy what God's given us. Amen for the blessings of God. Amen for the, that God had provided for these guys, but he said, we do not well if we hold our peace. Inside the city, over here in Samaria, discouragement, death. I mean, I'm telling you, it's desperate here. If you read back, I mean, they're, they're eating things that they normally wouldn't eat. Some of you know the story, and you're, and you're laughing. They're eating things, and in fact, there's a story of, of, of cannibalism 
earlier, they're talking about that desperation to eat one another. Desperation, death, people are dying in the city of Samaria. And outside the city now, there's life. There's deliverance. And so all around the city, there's death. And these guys have life. They have hope. They have supply. They have God's blessings. And they said, this is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. Now, come on. Can you not make the connection to the New Testament? I mean, does the words good tidings mean anything to us as believers in the New Testament? What's the word gospel mean? Good news, good tidings. This is today, in the darkness of this world, is today still a day of good tidings? Yes. Has Jesus come back again? No. There's still hope. There is still peace. There is still salvation. There is still blessing. This is a day of good tidings, and we do not well if we hold our peace. We're not doing right, folks. We have the good news, the gospel. The Bible says in the New Testament, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to those that are lost. In this story, if they didn't share the good news, people in the city are going to die and die and die and die. In fact, think about this. I don't know how long it would take them to walk to the city, to go to one tent, have a meal, go out, bury some stuff, go back to the tent, have a meal, go out and bury some stuff. And then they come to, how, how, how long was that? Was it an hour? Was it two hours? Was it, was it half a day? It was through the night, because the Bible does say in the story that if we tarry till the morning light. So sometime between twilight, when they walk toward the camp, and the morning light, they're like coming to the conclusion, we're not doing right here, folks. We better do something with this good news. So we don't know what happened in the city, but we know there was desperation and death going on. And the longer they waited the more that would die. Doesn't that make sense? And the longer it took them to come to the conclusion that if I sit still and hold my peace, people are going to die. They came to that conclusion. We do not well, folks, today in the New Testament if we sit still. If we don't get the call to action, if we let uh, things get in our way, we get too busy doing other things that we don't do what we're supposed to do for the cause of Christ. If we hold our peace and don't share the blessings of God, we do not well. Lastly, and we've seen this already, we do not well if we tarry. It's this time period where people are dying. We do not well if we put it off and put it off and put it off. Some of you maybe in this room have, have thought like over the last little bit, I, I need to get busy doing this. Uh, you know, I used to do, and now I don't do, and I need to get back to, and maybe you thought those thoughts. Can I tell you today, now's no time to tarry. We do not well if we put off, this, if God is calling on you, and God is leading you, and God is telling you to be involved and active, and you wait, that's, you're not doing well. You're putting, you're tearing. Now's no time to tarry. Now's the time to get the gospel out. Do people respond to the gospel the way they did back in 1950? No. I guess. I'm not, I wasn't there in 1950. I've heard stories. But I've told you stories of when I was a kid, seeing people walk the aisle at Cleveland Baptist Church. As a kid, I'd sit like, I'd sit like right here. 
And I'd sit there, and then when the invitation came, they would make us move to the sides of the auditorium because people were going to come to the altar and get saved. And I, we'd sit there with our friends, like, count them out. One, two, three, ten. Like, there were services where 10, 11, 12 people would walk the aisle to get saved back in the 1970s, early 80s. Are things different today? Absolutely. Is the gospel still the gospel? Absolutely. Is, is, is the world more desperate or less desperate? It's more. So is the blessings of God more a blessing? Or, it's still a blessing. We, need to get, we do not well if we tarry. We do not well if we sit still. And we do not well if we hold our peace. So here's some lessons to learn from Twilight. A couple things. Number one, I want you to get out of this is God is still working at twilight. All right, so when you, when you feel like you don't know what to do and you're sitting there weighing your options and there's no good options and nothing really seems like, yeah, oh yeah, option C, that's what we're going to do. This is the right answer. And there seems to be no right answer. Please do not get discouraged. Please go to your father who works at twilight. I hope this, is, this message would be an encouragement to all of us that while we're worrying, we're scheming, we're manipulating, we're planning, it's okay, God's at work. And while we're, uh, the sun is slowly setting on us and desperation may be sitting into our soul, that's okay, God's still at work. And when you're caught between a rock and a hard place and don't know which way to go, God is still at work. This is a lesson that we can learn from these men that while we're in twilight and things are getting darker, and darker and darker. It's okay. God works at twilight. You can trust him. That's the encouraging part of the lessons to learn from twilight. Here's the convicting part and the challenging part. Now's the time to be busy. It's time for us to get going. We can't, we do not well if we hold our peace. We do not well if we don't share the glad tidings, the good news. And here, let me close with this thought. This is a thought I had the last couple days that's been convicting to me. And maybe it'll be a convicting thought for you. What if every Christian in St. Thomas, every truly born-again believer, not just in Bible Baptist Church, but every Christian in all of St. Thomas over the last, let's say, three months shared the gospel the way that I shared the gospel. Nobody shared it more. Nobody shared it less. Nobody proclaimed truth more. Nobody proclaimed. Everybody did exactly what I did over the last three months. Or like, like you did the last three months. How well are we doing if everybody did what you did the last three months? Oh, you, you can pick six months. Pick a, it doesn't matter, matter what time period you pick. I'm just saying, if we think about it that way, are we, may, are we getting the gospel? Are we getting the gospel to a dark world? I won't go the rest of the story, but there's a guy in the city that uh, had scoffed at the man of God earlier. And uh, when all this excitement goes on, he doesn't get to share the blessings, he gets trampled to death. <laughs> Not a happy ending for him. There are going to be people that will not get the blessing. In fact, in our society, most will not. It doesn't matter. Is today a day of good tidings? We have to answer yes. 
The gospel is still available. There's still hope for people to get saved. We believe that, don't we? Okay. Then what if everyone did exactly what you did? How many more people heard the gospel? I'm not even talking about how many people got saved. Because I, I believe, maybe I'm wrong and pastor can correct me, but I believe that it's more our responsibility to share the gospel than it is to make people get saved. I can tell you Old Testament stories of guys who preached the truth for year after year after year after year and saw very little result, but were faithful. So the question is, convicting to me, what if everybody did what I did the last three months? Do more people know the gospel? How well are we doing? We don't ask that question all the time. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Let me ask you today, how are you doing, really? Well, here's the answer. You're not doing well if you're sitting still. You're not doing well if you're holding your peace. And if God convicts your heart through a message, through a, through a, through a contact, through whatever, and you, God convicts your heart and you tarry, then you can say you're doing good all you want, but you're not doing well, according to the Bible. Lessons to learn at twilight. God's still at work at twilight, but it's still a great job for us to do with what we have, the blessings of God, sharing the good news. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? I hope God's given you something to think about here this afternoon session. Something to encourage you, lift you up. Life is full of ups and downs, ebbs and flows, darkness and light. Man, there are some times in my life where I have such clarity from God and I know exactly what I'm supposed to do and it feels so good. And there's some times in my life where I'm like just scratching my head and I come to church and I smile and I sing and I love the Lord, but I still don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do. There's times of darkness. This story encourages me that God is still working. Even as it gets darker and darker and darker in my heart, in my mind, what to do don't be, don't be worried, because God's still at work. And it convicts me to think how God has provided for me, and I have salvation, and today is a day of good tidings, and I don't do well if I don't share that with everybody else in the city who's in desperate need. Whether they receive it or not, that's their problem, that's their choice. But I do not well if I tarry. How about you? If God's spoken to your heart, won't you do something about it? Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together, for this simple story. Lord, I pray that we'd pull the lessons out and apply it to our life. And Lord, I pray that you would challenge our church, and uh, not our church, but each individual person that's here today to be busy and active sharing the good news in some way, be a tract, be a letter, be a statement, by word of mouth, that we would share the good news. And Father, please encourage the hearts of your people today that even in darkness, even at twilight, you're still God at work. Thank you so much for that. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen.